again to, I don't know, take the edge off. Is, is that what it is that yeah, we that's, provide? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, just a, a half hour or so of just nonsense, Yeah, I think is the best way to describe this Too Good for Radio podcast. It's why it's Too Good for Radio, because it's utter nonsense, but it's fun. Right, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, uh, it it lightens people up. It improves their lives. Uh, you know, we you, are, you get some positive endorphins going through there. We are the why eugenics would, of podcasts. Why would radio want anything to do with uh, for making that, people feel good. Let's argue a, more. Having a positive impact on society. That would be, why would that be exactly, Johnny? <laughs> why? Why, in fact? It is the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. This did not make people feel good. This particular email that went out before the holidays. And, uh, and it, yeah, it was, it was. It was two days before <laughs> Christmas. Uh, and it was a text. So there you are. You're just about. You're ready to, you know, have the have the holiday goose or whatever it is you do. You're cutting into your mince meat pie. You know, all the all the usual Hollywood uh, holiday things. Yeah, if you're in England. Well, this is in England, actually. Okay, perfect. Then yeah, so it works. Makes sense. Um, when the following text message suddenly uh, shows up on your phone. Okay. Uh, from the forwarded letters at CMP, uh, that, that's the name of the, the uh, hospital or the, the clinic, uh, has asked you to do a DS-1500 for the above patient. Diagnosis, aggressive lung cancer with metastasis. Whoa! So it's spread. Yeah. By the way, I just, I was t- like today, days old, that, that, I, that I understood what metastasize means. Mm-hmm. It, hap- it came up in like Chicago Med and... Uh, they they asked the the patient was like do you know what that means and i and jen look, my 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 wife looks at me and goes do you know what it means i'm like that means it's like it's it's stuck onto whatever organ right she's like no no it means it's spread it's moving moving yeah. fast yeah exactly so, so aggressive- this, this shows up in text a you just get bling and you look at your text and it says diagnosis aggressive <laughs> lung cancer Merry Christmas. <laughs> and it's metastasizing. Oh, okay. It's on the march. Did you, was this just to one person? No. no oh, no. No. About 8,000 patients. Oh, God. Um, Sarah Hargraves, who was waiting for medical test results, said she broke down when she received Ooh. the text, only to be told later, well, sorry, that was a mistake. Oh, my God. Can It's one thing if you get it just randomly. Yeah. Not have gone to that doctor, just had your random physical, and they didn't take any, like, scopes or anything to get that. You go, okay, maybe it was an error. But if you're awaiting a test result yeah, and you get that text, good Lord, it makes for an interesting Christmas. And it says, you know, to fill out a DS-1500 form, uh, which is the form that you fill out uh, when you have terminal illness to claim benefits. Oh, God. Um <laughs> She said, I felt sick to my stomach. I broke down. She said, I just had a mole removed. And I was waiting for a result from oh. a biopsy. Oh, God. And I'd been to the hospital as my smear test came back abnormal. So I was, I was, I was kind of on edge anyway. Um, Rightfully so. Another guy, Carl Chegwin. Oh, um, Carl. Said uh, both he and his mom got the text. It's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's a family epidemic. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, it completely took my by surprise. It's not often I go to the doctors and out of the blue, I've got cancer. <laughs> That's why I don't go to the doctor. He said, no. I, don't, I don't smoke. I don't, don't know. How do I suddenly have all the, you know, aggressive lung, lung cancer? cancer. Um, 
And uh, meanwhile, How? a woman said she was left very worried about the text. I rang the doctors, but uh, on hold as usual, I walked around as I live around the corner, and uh, six people were there panicking, pounding on the door, saying, "Why does he got? What the hell's going on?" About an hour later, this text shows up. Okay, so thank God it was within an hour. It wasn't like yeah. over the Christmas holiday they send this, and then like five days later, sorry, my bad. So entire Christmas is this is going to be my last Christmas with all of you. So now there are two texts on your on your phone from okay. the same clinic. One says you, you have got the cancer, aggressive lung cancer, and the next one says. Please accept our sincere apologies for the previous text message sent. It had been sent of it had been sent in error. Our message to you should have read, "We wish you a very merry Christmas and a happy new year." Who gets that one confused? <laughs> Who gets that confused between you have a very you can aggressive see <laughs> how, how so the, very similar, very easy mistake to make. Anybody could have done that. Uh, we had the we had the lung cancer text, and we had the Merry Christmas text, and we just pushed the button at the wrong time, and everybody gets the lung cancer text instead of. By the way, how is the lung cancer text set up? In like right. a queue why, yeah, why would that this, would just be a button to press. It should be in a different office. <laughs> it there should be, be one office that's just for nice, happy thing. And don't like you can't tell somebody over text they have cancer. No, that's that is terrible. That's coming out of the office. We need to look at some of these results and, and have well, a they conversation. Won't even, considering they won't even leave a message yeah. to let you know your test result of like if your pee has marijuana in it or whatever, <laughs> they're going to text you you have cancer? Um what if the message was meant for someone and they were told it's a Christmas special and they're like, oh no, that's actually meant for you. If uh, if it's one of their admins to send out a mass text, I wouldn't be trusting them to empty the bins. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I just don't know how that's in a queue that yeah. could be anywhere close to Merry Christmas, Happy. Wouldn't you just have different directories for your text to be like, okay, here's the holiday one. Yeah. Here's the cancers ones. Here's the holiday ones. Here's the STD ones. Here's, you know. I, I just, yeah, I, I can't. I'm really uncomfortable with the notion that a clinic would be sending out texts for something that serious. It'd be like a text. Be like, sorry, you have the AIDS. You know, yeah. If it said something like, hey, your vitamin D is a little low. Maybe right, get some supplements fine. or something. <laughs> but... But not aggressive, metastasized cancer. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas is what we meant to say. Sorry about that. And it came out cancer. (laughs) Christmas cancer? That sometimes happens. Do you know how many times I've said that to people in their... Merry cancer. (laughs) (laughs) And a happy lymphoma. Exactly. Cancer Christmas. Um, We move on to... we've, We've talked for years about a... Name triumvirate in all hospitals yeah. of saying yay or nay to the names you give your your child. Some sort of committee because you're in the haze of this newborn life. Right. You're excited and 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 every 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 child is just you want to you want to name every child angel or princess or heaven. You know because it's just, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely overwhelming. The feeling of euphoria. Correct. You and, may want to name them euphoria. And you need some sober people to go hang tight, wait a couple days, and name the kid Charlie. Well, if you want to. Ensure your child has a sexy name, which I don't know why you would, but the sex toy brand Love Honey has determined the sexiest names in the English language. I'm I'm good. We're going to them for this information. So here's how they did it, though. They analyzed names in romance movies and erotic fiction novels. Oh, okay. So they took the names of protagonists in the top 120 highest grossing romance movies of all time, as well as the names of desirable characters in the 100 best-selling erotic fiction novels Mm -hmm. on Amazon. Is one of them Craig? (laughs) No, but it's not. Here's the thing. It's not as um, exotic as you would think for the sexy name. So here we go. For men, what would you think the hottest name would be 
for men. Mm, something with a Latin sound to it. You, you know? would think like an Enrique. Yeah. Right? Go, yeah. No. Jack. Jack. Jack is the hottest name thanks to dreamy characters such as Titanic's Jack Dawson and Brokeback Mountain's Jack Twist. All right. From, there you go. There's a certain... The other ones tied for second place. Three tied for second. Nick, Ben, and James. Youch. Do you think... Think of a Ben. What what sexy Ben is out there? Ben Hur? No. Nope. Ben Dover? No. I mean... <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, and they found in third place... Peter and Joe. So, so here's what the sexy names were, yeah. according to their research. Jack, Nick, Ben, James, Peter, and Joe. And so is there something to this uh, that it's just it's just a sort of masculine standard That's, sort of true. stock yeah. man name? There was Joe yeah. with shirt off, yeah. rippling chest, right, eugenics not, bottle in his hand. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's not something that women think a lot about. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, as far as women... What would you think the sexiest woman's name is? Mm. Susanna. No. Mary. Mary? Yeah. It's the sexiest thing in this name. The researchers uh, referenced uh, beautiful blonde Mary Jensen from the Something About Mary. She is emblematic of the virginal and flirty connotation uh, right. of the moniker. Yeah. That's right. Meanwhile, there's a four-way Guys tie. Named Jack always want virgins named Mary. Jack and Mary. Yeah. Uh, by the way... There is a four-way tie for the second sexiest name with, <laughs> with Rachel, Katie, Julia, and Eva. All right. And then six names came in equal in third place. Suzanne, mm-hmm. Madonna, Sophie, Mia, Julie, Belle, and Anna. And I hate to be that guy because there are plenty of podcasts that will opine on this thing. Aren't all those names pretty white? Oh, yeah. Very much so. That's a very Anglo-Saxon sexy it, name. What do you do with this then? I mean, are you do you when a child is born, the parents go, you know what? We want this kid to get some action later in life, so we better give him a sexy name like Jack. Jack. Like I think if you were to just ask parents, not that you would or should, yeah. of like, hey, what's a sexy name you can eventually give this kid to, to ensure that they're going to, you know, one way or the other. Most of them would would think of something with more flavor than, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to name my kid Ben. He's going to get a lot of action. Right. James over here is really going to get all that poon. <laughs> like, no, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's not going to be that way. Julio. Julio. Julio and Julia. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that it's, all, it's not as exotic as we thought it would be. No. It's all very vanilla, to your point. Uh, and some of those, some of those stories, there's always like this like exotic shirtless painter in there who's yes. just like in his jeans, like a Jackson Pollock. There's another Jack name. Um, and uh, let's uh, introduce you to Philippine artist Elito Cerca. Okay. Uh, who uses blood <laughs> to paint. That's that's not a good thing to do, I don't think. Born I mean, born in a low-income household with little access to school supplies and art materials, Serka uh, explored different mediums, including plums, tomatoes, but it was when he scraped himself that his fascination began using blood. As a kid, yeah. he started with this. He says... Every time I got scraped, I would use my own blood, since blood stains are also hard to remove. Yeah. Said Circa while dabbing a white canvas with a paintbrush dipped in blood. Who's buying these paintings, by the way? Is this a conversation? You walk into someone's home and they're like, yeah, this is a Circa. That's right. all, nothing, there's no paint there. 
That is all dr- written in blood. That is drawn in blood. Don't now, you immediately walk out? Right, exactly. I think so. You should. Yes. What are you, Dracula? Right. Well, you got a blood painting on the wall. Here's the thing. Okay, so let's say he he did, he scraped himself, he happened to he happened to kind of do a blood smear thing and made it part of the painting and it becomes this sort of unique one okay. of one of a one off right. sort of He's thing. He's working like, wow, so this hard. Is something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can there's some passion to that. Oh no. Now he regularly goes down to the town's health clinic once every three months to get seventeen ounces of his own blood. Uh, which he then stores in the refrigerator back no, in his studio no, no. for future painting projects. No, no, the, no, to no, and all of that. You can't. By the way, can you imagine for a second going in and be like, "I'm here to donate blood. Thank you, sir, for saving life." No, no, no. 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 Give it back Give to that me. Back for for what? Right. Are you saving it for a big operation or procedure? No, no, no. I got a painting. Right. I, the muse has hit me. I have to paint with my own blood. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's walking down the the downtown streets in the Philippines with a couple bags of blood. A car flips over, and somebody says, "Oh my God, we need some type O negative." Does it? And he's just like hiding it under he's his jacket. Like, he's like, "No, this is for art." I I hope he's not also collecting all the gift cards for donating <laughs> blood. Like <laughs> he's donated a hundred times. Right. I don't know. What seventeen ounces? That seems like a lot of blood. I don't know. I don't know how much. How much, you how get. much do they usually take out of you when you donate a blood? A pint. I don't know. Is how it, much is a pint? Is it is a pint seventeen ounces? No. I should have. I should have brought my phone in here. How many ounces is a pint? It's, it's still. It's weird. Sixteen ounces. Okay, so it's it's roughly it's a, a pint. pint. Okay. Yeah, so a pint of blood. He says, "My artwork is very important to me because they come from me. It is my own blood. My DNA is part of it." My philosophy is that life is circular and everything is a cycle. So my blood is a tool that serves as a reminder where I came from. I love how you're talking almost like Dracula yeah. <laughs> because it's blood it's involved. Blood, yeah. By the way, if you screw up that painting, if you're like, oh, damn it, I missed a brushstroke here on that, on that, on that bush. You're like, well, scrap it. I got to go give some more blood. After painting a four by eight foot mural, yeah, in all his own blood, uh, depicting the town where he grew up, he sets his sights on a more ambitious project to create uh, in 2023 the largest blood painting on a 328 no. No. foot canvas. No, no, stop this, stop, guy. stop yeah. this man. You can't. First of all, four by eight foot yeah. is way too much. 328 feet of all your own blood. No, thank you. But okay, so he he. It's all look, one color too, right? He's going to become Dexter at some point, right? He is just going to start yes. taking lives. He's going to have to to get to blood. feed his blood painting. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what, pretty soon, once every three months is not going to be enough, and he's going to have to start taking lives, and that, that that's going to happen. It is. There's no way that's not going to happen. He's going to get frustrated when he's down to like he's mm-hmm. only got 20 feet done in like two years. Okay. And he's like, I got another 320. Gonna have to start doing this. Download this podcast. Store it somewhere yes. on your phone or your computer because I, w- I, w- I am hereby declaring that by first quarter of 2024, this man yes. is arrested. This man is a Netflix documentary. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So what's that name again to look for? Uh, his name is Elito Serka. He's also... A, yeah. Yeah. So he'll be on a Netflix documentary. Freak. Yeah, would uh, would someone painting in their own blood be a deal breaker for you yes. when it comes to dating? Yes. Okay, because uh, it doesn't make this top ten list, but here is a list of the top ten dating deal breakers. I had a girl take me to her apartment once, and she was feeding raw meat to her piranha. Oh, okay. Like, that's is, interesting. We're, we're done here. We can't. I'm not going to have this. Yeah, that's a odd pet to have. Yeah. Because you're right. You, you make a wrong step, and then she's like, oh, you didn't give yeah, me the right exactly. gift. So she takes yeah. your finger and puts she's, it in the— She's no better than Enrico Circa. No. <laughs> Enrico Palazzo. Yeah. 
So here are the top 10 dating deal breakers, according to research. Number 10, talking too loudly. (laughs) Yeah. Here's one that is interesting to me. Double texting, which is sending a secondary text if you're not responded after the first one. Oh, wow. Is a deal breaker. So if someone, you send a text they and you mm-hmm. receive it and you don't respond and the person then sends you a second one, that's a deal breaker for wow. some because it, it shows that the person's too needy. Yeah. Over what period of time. Correct. Yeah. But I think if you, yeah, if you don't get a reply, you don't get a reply. You just kind of... <sighs> I usually, if I don't hear from, I'm much better now than I used to be because I treated texting like I treat most conversations. I don't like silence. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd be like 10 minutes, whoa. but now I'm better. And I'm like, eh, they may not have time. I don't think you're unusual. I think people assume, unless you unless you see on your phone that the text has been read, uh, uh, which some phones will do that, um, I don't think you're unusual. I think people assume that I have sent a text and it's gone right into the person's brain and they already know what's going on. Yeah, and they don't. So you got to uh-huh. give – I'm better at giving some time. And some individuals I just know are notorious to not text back. Yeah. It's just – that's just the way they are. So – but double texting is uh, a deal breaker. Having bad teeth – is yeah. a deal breaker. So sorry, Jewel. You don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's a I, look. I'm in no position to be picky here, uh, and I really shouldn't be. But but I can understand. Yeah, I mean, you, somebody starts laughing, and one's going this way, one's going the other. And way. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, also in this top ten list of dating deal breakers, being too clingy goes mm-hmm. back to the double texting. When you get smothered, you can kind of tell, right? When when those couples early on in the relationship, I think it's okay. People are all right with it, but it's when it's they can never separate. That's when you go, uh oh, there, there's something yeah. going on here. Here's one: having dirty fingernails. Oh yeah, have you ever that? That's one that throws you off when you're like, you see them reach for your hand and you're like, right. okay, yeah, that's unless she's like a mechanic or something. Then. Right, then, then then it may be a little bit yeah. on the sexy side or for a you. Blood artist. Yes, sorry about the red underneath my fingernails. <laughs> I'm a blood artist. Being overbearing and rude. Understandable yeah. why that'd be a deal breaker. Living in a mess, dirty house, that makes sense. But guys, I think notorious when you're a single guy, the first time the girl comes over to your apartment, you clean like you've never cleaned before in your yeah. life. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty forgiving on that one because I know that I just drop things when I walk yeah. in the door and plunk, you know. Unless it's a hoarder house yeah. or apartment, I'm probably giving it a pass. Being rude to a waiter or waitress. That's a big signal, isn't it? It is. If they're going to be a jerk to that person, they're probably, mm-hmm. that, that's a good judge of their personality going forward. Uh, also, pretending to be more knowledgeable about something than they actually are <laughs> is a deal breaker. So okay. a know-it-all, basically, right, right, is right, what right. you're saying. And the number one dating deal breaker, according to this list, is smelling bad. Yeah. And, and, and how, but how do you how do you tell someone that they stink? That's always fraught with yeah, peril, or right? Are you obligated if you say, "All right, I, I, this isn't working out for us"? Are you obligated to give a reason? That's true. Um, a lot of people demand it because, but then people they'll demand the reason why we're breaking up, but then gets upset about the reason why we're breaking yeah. up. I mean, I think an, I think an exit interview is always fair. I'm saying, right. okay, you know, 
You've, what, worked, you've worked here for four years. We've been together. What do you think? What, what was what worked out for you? What didn't? Well, how can I improve the next time? Exactly. I'd like to workshop some ideas right. for the next one. So this <laughs> does not happen. Okay, bad teeth. Maybe right. I go to a dentist to yeah. uh, smell bad. All right, and need to clean my fingernails. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for your time. Good luck in your future endeavors. Now, I tell you, uh, and I don't want to mess up your order here. No, that's I'm fine. too good for radio because I know that people expect some. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Uh, what they... <laughs> They know. But that list really does play into a letter that was recently sent in to Dear Prudy. Okay, perfect. Um, lay it on me. Is it me. okay if I do this here? Yeah, I think, l- it makes, l- I think it really connects to this yes, thing. Yes, lay, lay it on me. Because um, I got another Dear Prudy we get in with. So. Okay, okay. Uh, same kind of deal. She says, woman writes in and she says, I just got married right before Christmas, and I'm hoping to be divorced by the end of January. Oh, yikes. I never really cared about getting married, but I wasn't opposed to it. So my boyfriend proposed. We decided to go for it. Uh, we each took about half the responsibility for organizing the wedding, and I was pretty reasonable about compromise when he really wanted something. Okay. That, I mean, 50-50, that's, that's pretty good. And most, most scenarios, usually I think about 75-25 when it comes to planning. My only request in this whole wedding is when we get to the cake cutting point, don't hit, don't hit me in the face with it. Yeah, that's always. I, I never understood that. Yeah. Like, what is what does that do? I mean, that's that's. I understand that dress is not going to be worn again. So right. if cake gets on it, you, you know, you dry clean or whatever, and it just hangs in a closet. Yeah. But I never understood just, why. Yeah, why are you smashing the cake? Right. Exactly. And and I don't. It's it it's it's rarely funny. Uh, everybody gets a good laugh, but it's just like okay, that was you know that that's not what that moment was supposed to be. Exactly. Like slicey, slicey. You entertain. You I'm going to treat you like a one-year-old with the baby cake. Yeah. <laughs> um. So evidently, he said, "Okay, wink." Ugh. One of and those she jokers. Said, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Don't you know, don't be just, smashing. Let's, the cake. let's just not do that. That's just that's just ridiculous. It's you yeah. know, trashy. We're not going to do that. It's passe. Um. Instead, he didn't just like smash her with a slice of cake in her face um he grabbed me by the back of my head and shoved my entire head into the cake dude that is that is a little overkill not only that she knows he planned this whole thing because he had a bunch of backup cupcakes to serve to the guests so he knew he was going to absolutely destroy her tape uh, this cake rather um and that's not that's not an inexpensive cake it's not like wedding cakes are just like twenty dollars she said i walked out oh nike next day i said we're done that's it rightfully so Uh, um i don't know if that i would go that far but that's a big betrayal of trust Yes, that's that's just it. She said, I, I left. The next day I told him we're done, and I'm standing by that. The thing is that over the holidays, everyone has gotten together to tell me I should give him a second chance, that I'm overreacting uh, because of my issues. She says in parentheses, I'm very claustrophobic after a car accident and absolutely panicked at being shoved into a cake and having my head held, held underneath a cake. Um, I love him. He loves me. And that means not giving up on the first hurdle. I don't want to. But everyone is so united and confident in their assurance that I'm making a terrible mistake. I'm wondering if they are right. Should I at least give him until February? Boy, this is a tough one because not only did he betray the tr- <sighs> yeah. not only did he betray the trust, but he went above and beyond Hell being yeah. an asshole. Hell yeah! Like she's already said no, and he's like wink, wink, and she goes no, I mean it, yeah. dickhead. 
I don't want cake in my face. He right. goes, sure you don't. There's no way that this or something worse than this doesn't come up in the marriage sooner rather than later. Correct. He is he is absolutely unpleasant. There is ab- yeah, there's no way because you know he told he seems like a kind of dude is like bros in his wedding party, bros. So she said, she said, no cake in the face. Watch what I do. Right. This is going to be hilarious. Like I'm, gonna, ever, I'm just going to grab her and like. Like if somebody says to you, "Hey, really, I'm afraid of spiders. It freaks me out. I, I just can't. You know, it just I, I can't handle it when there are spiders around." And you go to the dollar store and get a bunch of rubber spiders and throw them at, at somebody. You're being an ass. Correct. It's not funny. I know my wife has a fear of snakes. Yeah. It'd be like if I'm like, all right, for April Fool's Day, here's what I do. I'm going to put a fake snake in the toilet. No, it's not. You're terrifying the poor person. Yeah. Why do you? Why would you torture somebody like that? And if and if that's your mindset, and you can't like you can't go. Oh, okay. This is where the line is, and it's, it's, we don't do, we don't do that kind of stuff around here. And the um, fact you know yeah. you know the it's fact not teasing. You know the fact is that he thought the buying the backup cupcakes made it all good. He's like, but come on, babe. Look at me. I, I mean, people are still getting yeah. to eat some type of cake. I got us cupcakes. Like, I, I I'm, you. He's gonna put it on her that it's your issues, babe. Like, so, this is what we do at weddings. Yeah, they got engaged in 2020, so you assume that they've probably been together for a wow. while before that. Uh, and so here it is, 2023 now, and she says, "This, we're done. This, yeah. you, the line has been crossed, and we are done." And I'm, I'm 100 percent behind her. Well, let's see if this marriage of 16 years. Can make it through this particular dear pu- okay, hit it. dear Prudy. Here it starts. And by the way, this segment of the program brought to you by Nugenics. Oh, good. Text hard to whatever whatever number it is, and she'll like it too. I'm a man in his fifties, married to my second wife for sixteen years. Our sex life has clearly diminished over the course of the years, with quick routine sex before sleep at best every two to three months or so. What is quick routine quick sex before routine. bed? What do you have, a checklist? Exactly. Like, all right, uh, you, you, me on top, you on top, all right. <laughs> Done, sleep, good to see you. Good night. See you in another 90 days. Uh, as a result, I have focused my sexual energy, which I definitely still have. Yeah. Why you got to put that in parentheses, you weirdo? Toward- I put Doug Flutie to shame. <laughs> the big hurt, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I have focused my sexual energy, which I still definitely have, toward erotic fantasies about my wife. I envision her in all sort of wild, tabulous sex with strangers and friends alike. Jeez. <laughs> I think you're oh. going beyond fantasies. Oh, it gets better. As I possess some pretty decent Photoshop skills... I have started to visualize these fantasies in a very convincing fake pictures of high quality, almost artsy level, at least so I like to flatter myself in thinking. I have kept these pictures strictly for myself, occasionally whipping up a batch of thunder to them, (laughs) although I find the real thrill in making up and realizing the erotic scenes. Holy crap. He goes on. It's simply a non-harmful way to channel my sexual energy. Regrettably, my wife has run into the pictures, and she is disgusted by them. Although I have ensured her they are only for myself, and I have no desire whatsoever to see any of these fantasies actually come true, am I really doing such a horrendous thing? Am I not? I am not the cheating kind. I would never leave my wife, and the only thing I afford myself, just to keep my libido satisfied, is creating these erotic visuals. Should I give up my secret quote-unquote hobby? Holy crap. 
So he's photoshopping his wife oh my gosh. into these erotic photos <laughs> yeah. that he is now saying that he is the blood artist with. Like, oh no, they're tasteful nudes of my wife in these tabooless fantasies that I have of I sex with strangers and family alike. I think if I'm the wife, I would have rather have stumbled upon him just flat out watching porn and, and freaky porn at that. That would be more acceptable than this, I think. Oh, it's got to be, right? Yeah. Like, this is just unnerving. Like, if you're the wife, to your point, you stumble upon him watching the porn, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, I understand. But, you know, shouldn't there be a conversation had before it yes. gets to that point, though, of like, hey, I'm a man that still has a libido, and this, this routine before sleep sex we're having every two to three months isn't enough for me. Before you get to the point where you have to Photoshop erotic photos, shouldn't you have a conversation first? How was he? But how unnerving is that of you're the wife and you walk in and there's these God knows what scenes and your face is Photoshopped on whatever is going on with the sexual calisthenics of the woman in the picture. Yeah, because what I'm imagining is that, you know, they're they're on vacation taking, you know, g- you know, generic, hey, here's me in front of Niagara Falls photos. Uh, but he's asking her to make weird poses. Like, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be on I your didn't knees think of that. with your head tilted back uh, and your arms uh, kind of grabbing onto your own ankles. Why do you want that? Well, I just, just, just do it. Just do it. Just do it for you. Just, just do this for you. Could you, right. could you open your mouth wider with that piece of steak? <laughs> Just, I just, why, why am I in this pose? I'm really trying to, to get the granule nature of just how well this steak was prepared. Right, right. Why do you want me to eat so many carrots or bananas all of mm-hmm, a sudden? Mm-hmm. It's just bizarre, right? Yeah. Is there any coming back from 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 this? That would be pretty horrifying, wouldn't it? To fuck. And I'm trying trying to turn the tables, and I think I'd be I think I'd be equally horrified if like if I walked in and a woman was making erotic pictures of me. It's like all right, that's a little what what I'm right here. Right, right, exactly. Why you jump into that? How did he go from? Because I would think a, a couple okay, if things aren't working in the bedroom and they're not not feeling as close, what you have some sort of a conversation. Maybe you bring a therapist, and I don't know. You do something. Correct. You buy, you buy a big jar of Nugenics and you sprinkle it over the salad when you're having dinner. You know, you powder it up and put trying. it in her drink and <laughs> yeah, see what exactly. happens. You're and trying. You do something because of according to the commercial, she'll like it too. So why not put it in her tea? <laughs> I can probably come up with. 24 other steps before you get to this. Erotic photoshopping. Would you like to hear what Prudy has to say to this? Prudy uh, responds, there are two very different questions here, although you are only asking one. Should you give up your secret hobby? Absolutely. (laughs) It's not a hobby. They may be photoshopped, but they are recognizable images of your wife, and she is deeply, deeply opposed to them. Delete them. Empty your trash. Burn the computer. Yeah. I know that you have said you will never leave your wife, but you need to be asking yourself about the way forward. Sexual incompatibility is a big deal, and it can really eat into a way at intimacy if you let it. Are you able to cope with your conflicting libidos without these images? Can you share your fantasies with her? Would she be okay if you whipped up a batch of thunder next to her? She'll have to be a part of it. She's just there. Um... The discovery That's a little off-putting, though, too, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Hey, do you mind if I do yeah, this? Just, uh, look the other way for a second while I... To myself. This discovery has created a logical moment in your marriage for you to put everything on the table. She may also be discontented with her, your sex life, and I have hopes that eventually you may be able to come closer together. Mm-hmm. She says, pun intended. Keep in mind that she is still recovering from what she found, which must have been an extreme shock. So you can't just be like, hey, I understand. Right. Let's talk about it and do it. 
that that's not going to happen. She's uh, likely creeped out and needs a little time. Maybe it may be wise to say, I've yeah. deleted all the pictures. You're welcome to look. Can we talk about our sex lives in a month or so? You know, the yeah. let it kind of seep in. I'm so sorry to upset you in this, and I recognize I should not have done what I did. You're in the doghouse now, but if or when things are back to normal, don't let it go back to stasis <laughs> to where you have to go back to your photoshopped, weird, erotic pictures of your wife. You know, you could you could order a Victoria's Secret catalog. That might be step one if that's if you need some sort of visual distraction to entice you, right? Correct. Yeah. You can order a cable channel that shows is, this sort of thing late at night, maybe, if you is, need to do that. Right. Is, is Fredericks of Hollywood still a thing? <laughs> maybe. I don't they know. Were like, they were like the, the more like risque version of Victoria's Secret. So yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Someone had signed my dad up for a, a series of all those catalogs. <laughs> Someone within the office. So they would, you know, happen upon the mm-hmm. house or whatever. And I do remember a young, impressionable uh, Mike here, my mom going, I, I know you. I, I know you're of an age. If you want to look at these catalogs, it's, it's a, there's nothing creepier than your oh, no. than your mother oh, telling you no. it's okay to look at these catalogs. She like, probably set you back a good dozen years oh, of I'm being sh- of age. Yes, I'm sure she did by yeah. her saying it's okay if you want to look at these. Now I don't. Yes, if you have any questions about what that is? I'll tell you. Yeah, no. So yeah, uh. the, yeah. There's many go- ways to go about it. The last resort of which should be. You pretending to be some type of purveyor of fine pornography with your Photoshop. So as we began the episode, we you know, I, I will say it again. We make the society better because you hear, we this, do. You hear this and you go, oh, OK, I'm not that weird. Correct. Not, my life isn't that goofed up. You feel much I'm doing be- all right. You feel much better about yourself after you Too Good for Radio you Podcast. Should. You know, we we bring you these stories so you go, Oh yeah, well geez, I mean, okay, I got a weird hobby, but I'm not use I'm not, you know, sucking my own blood out of my veins to paint with them. Or right? photoshopping erotic photos of my wife. Yeah. I didn't get a cancer diagnosis over Christmas. Do you? No. See? See, we're doing okay. Life is good. You're- Welcome to twenty twenty three. Blue yeah. skies, green lights all ahead. I mean, you're weird enough already listening willingly to this podcast. Yeah. You don't need to add any more kinks. You feel better now to this. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Yeah, yeah. More poop and sex. <laughs> on the poop and sex podcast. <laughs> and she'll like it, too. Should we uh, start a Patreon so we can get back on the radio with yes. Let's Talk Poo and Sex Saturdays <laughs> on the radio station? Maybe. We'll see.